You are listening to the Gear 30 Podcast, a community, you could even call it a support group, for people addicted to outdoor adventuring and all the gear that goes with it. There is no shame here. In spite of what your spouse or partner may say, we believe it's okay to own five tents, seven backpacks, and 18 jackets. Our slogan, inspired by the great explorer Sir Ranolf Fiennes, is, there is no such thing as bad weather, only inappropriate gear. So if you're an aspiring outdoor adventurer, a mountain guide, or anyone in between, you are in the right place. Welcome to the Gear 30 Podcast, where we talk about outdoor adventuring and all the gear that goes with it. And today, Brandon, Chase, and I are going to talk about maintaining your gear properly. And the reason why we are talking about this is t- to inspire ourselves to take better ge- better care of our own gear. <laughs> because as we right before we started this, Brandon said, yeah, I don't really take care of my gear very well. <laughs> and I didn't say anything, but in my head, I'm thinking, yeah, me neither. Um but actually, over the weekend, we just my wife my wife likes to take care of her gear, but she makes me do it. <laughs> um, so she's always like telling me, "Hey, you need to wash my sleeping bag and stuff." Um, so over the weekend, I washed her sleeping bag, and um, I washed it according to the rules and instructions. And so I know a little bit about that, and I know philosophically, I know how to take care of gear. I just don't do it very well. So how often should you wash your sleeping bag? So when synthetic and down versus down. So really washing your sleeping bag is going to keep the down, um, performing well, fluffing up, um, lofting well. And so just any time that you find that your down, your sleeping bag isn't really lofting to the level that you'd like it to, um, you're going to want to wash it or at the very minimum throw it in the dryer um, just to dry it out. A lot of times when you're backpacking, the bag won't feel wet or damp or anything like that, but just kind of sweat and body vapor and stuff coming off when you sleep at night will get into the down and then it won't dry. And after a few days, your down just isn't lofting like normal. So if you can throw it in the dryer before you store it, that's going to just help your down last longer. And then um, when you do need to wash it, if it's not lofting or if it's starting to smell or, I mean, maybe you just intuitively know now's the time. I don't know. Um, then you're gonna it wanna, stinks. Yeah, <laughs> mainly it's a stink thing for me and, uh, and a loft thing for me. It's like if I notice that it's not lofting and it has been stored in a dry place for, for a while, that probably means that body oils and other things that are getting into the down are keeping it from lofting properly. So then I'll wash it. Um, one thing you can do that a lot of people don't consider, some people do it, but a lot of people don't, is just getting a, a sleeping bag liner. A lot of people think that you get a sleeping bag liner to maybe make your sleeping bag a little bit warmer or more comfortable or whatever, but you'll have to wash your sleeping bag like like 90% less if you have a liner and it's easy to throw the liner in the washer and just wash it like normal. 
um, but it's it's a pain to wash your sleeping bag. So just throwing a liner in, um, and it does a liner will increase the warmth of your sleeping bag without. Adding Is that like too a sheet? Weight. Essentially, like a sheet yeah. on a bed, kind of. Uh huh. Yeah, and you can get cotton liners, you can get silk liners, you can get um, um, polyester blend liners and stuff. And I would, I personally prefer uh, cotton or silk. Cotton, I think, is the most comfortable. Helps absorb um, moisture, and and uh, I think it's just really comfortable to sleep next to with your skin more comfortable than the others. But it's a bit bulkier and a little bit heavier than silk. Silk is probably going to be your most compact um, and lightest option that is still comfortable against the skin. Silk will add a little bit of warmth and stuff, but um, maybe doesn't manage moisture quite as well as cotton. And then polyester is going to be your most durable option, though I don't think it's as comfortable to sleep sleep with. Um, so anyway, um, so you yeah, you can get a, a sleeping bag liner and at a very minimum if you're trying to go on a really really light backpacking trip and you decide you want to leave the liner at home that's fine of course but if you're car camping in that same sleeping bag throw a liner in like you're not carrying the extra weight your car is and um you'll sleep more comfortably probably but your bag will last a lot longer and you'll have to do a lot less laundry so so what about synthetic so kind of the same thing um a dirty sleeping bag isn't gonna hurt the loft of a synthetic sleeping bag as much as on down um, but they will get stinky faster um, they just synthetic I'm you guys know if you wear a synthetic shirt hiking or whatever and you're sweating in it all day by the end of the day it's just like ugh, just it's pretty bad stinky and so, should mention that it's not when you say wash you got to use a special kind of soap yeah yep so we sell Nick Wax here. That's kind of the, the most well-known brand, but there's some other brands out there that make down wash. Um, but we like Nick Wax. Nick Wax is, is tried and true. And, and uh, so, yeah, you get a down wash. And the thing with the down wash is it's going to do a few things. It's going to clean your down without stripping the natural oils from the down. So the natural oils that are in the down are going to help it... Um, maintain its loft last longer um, just be more durable over time um, the other thing that that soap is going to do so it's a it's a mild detergent that is it's gentle on your products and um, and some of them like Nick wax you can get a wash in water resistant coating or whatever mm -hmm. so you can if your sleeping bag isn't the water doesn't have the water resistant down you can actually make it kind of water resistant down which will help um, keep the down from absorbing moisture over time and drying quicker and stuff like that so that's kind of cool um, but yeah you can you can use I would strongly suggest using a wash that is specific to down and outdoor gear that's that's how you know it's going to be safe there are other mild detergents that you can use on down and stuff like that that are just from your traditional brands um but so what happens if you use a regular laundry detergent on your sleeping bag like you've already washed it before you heard this podcast yeah so <laughs> you know if that's if you're washing it all the time with those types of things then you're going to hinder well the down isn't going to last quite as long over time 
but washing it once or twice um, with that it's really not gonna destroy your bag one thing it does do though is pretty much all high-end sleeping bags will have a water-resistant DWR coating on the shell of the bag a nick wax isn't going to hurt that in fact it'll help revive that DWR especially as you as you wash it and then throw it in the dryer the heat from the dryer is going to help revive that DWR and um, the nick wax isn't going to wash it off if you put in a harsh detergent like some sort of liquid tide or something like that it's going to strip the DWR off and um, so then the water resistant coating on the shell of your sleeping bag is not going to uh, it's not going to be there anymore or if it is it's it's just not going to work nearly as well so then you're going to have a lot more water issues if you get you know condensation landing on your bag or whatever it's going to soak in much quicker and stuff like that so i guess longevity wise it's better to not to not use a traditional soap a traditional laundry detergent for the down but but even more so maybe because it damages that dwr coating you can reapply a DWR coating to your sleeping bag if you've done that and it's and it's taken that off. Um, and I would just I would get a spray-on DWR for your sleeping bag instead of a wash-in, just because um, some of those DWR coatings, unless it's a down-specific one, I wouldn't necessarily want to wash that into the down. Um, it might add some extra weight. It might keep the down from wafting as well and stuff like that so just using a spray on on the exterior shell of the sleeping bag was would be ideal plus I don't personally like having a DWR coating on the inside of my sleeping bag like you'd get on right a, <clears throat> on a wash-in so get the spray on kind and and Nick wax makes some of the best DWR also um, there's a few other brands out there um, Granger Grangers and um, there's that the other one that makes the gear aid stuff um i've forgotten the name anyway um there's a few of them out there but nick wax is is what i usually use and i like it what about under the sleeping bag the sleeping pad uh-huh so as far as maintenance goes so there's gear repair obviously if you get a hole you can get patch kits and stuff like that the patch kits that i prefer it, are from gear aid they're the the clear ones what are those called clear gear aid clear there you go it's the, it's the clear patch kits um from gear aid and um how i can think of i can see the logo for for the company that does the gear aid stuff mcnet mcnet is the brand um so gear aid if you uh they've got like the goat logo or whatever but Anyway, if you get the clear gear aid patch kits, those are the ones that I like the best. You don't have to mess with glues like um, uh, the cement stuff, whatever, glues and other things. Um, you can just put that clear patch right over the top. But you're going to want to clean the pad before you put the, the patch over the top um, just so it sticks better and you're sticking it to a, a clean surface. Um, and then as far as maintenance of your pad, um, the biggest thing is, you know, I like to keep my pad clean because I don't, you know, I've got a real expensive sleeping bag that I'm laying on the top of that. And 
So I've been backpacking with my dog one time where my dog puked on my pad. Ew. So I get home and do it. That's disgusting. I get to do a thorough washing of my of my pad with with uh, detergent and stuff like that just to make sure it's nice and clean. Um. Otherwise, you just want to be careful. You're you're not laying it down on pokey stuff that's going to poke holes, and then whatever holes you do get that are they're repaired properly. Um, when in doubt, most of those pad companies will repair stuff for you. Um, you. They might charge you a little money, but they do a really good job. Um, Is there anything you you can do to keep the moisture out of the inside of the bag? Yeah. So. The big thing is you're going to want to use a pump sack instead of your mouth. Um, if you have a bag, um, and that's a good point because a lot of times people will just blow the pads up with their mouth and get moisture in there, and then they leave the moisture in there, and they store it with mo- a little bit of moisture in there, and you can get mold and stuff building up inside your pad. And if you have a pad that's downfilled, that's even more important to keep that dry. And so a pump sack will help to keep things dry. And um, the other thing too is when you get home, if you have been, if it has been really wet on your trip or humid or something like that, or you have been blowing it up with your mouth, you'll want to lay the pad out in a dry, warm environment with the valve open for a few days and just let that moisture work its way out of the pad before you roll it up and store it. Um, It's good to know. Yeah. Do any of you guys do that? any of this stuff because i don't well okay so i <laughs> well i shouldn't say I, I never do i do, I do some do. of it but i i am far overdue for washing my sleeping bag same um but i do store it properly yeah, yeah. and i do store my pad properly right so i should um, should mention you always store your sleeping bag in a, either a storage sack or hanging up mm-hmm. or laying down under your i bed put mine in uh i've got some like old school wood hangers and i just fold it over the hanger and and i hang it up with this yeah. stuff sack at hanging off the hanger or whatever and then the pad just lays in the pad land in my laundry room yeah stacked have we talked on this podcast i'm trying to remember have we talked about the proper way to stuff your sleeping bag into a stuff sack we did talk about it last time about rolling it up yeah and you stuffing roll it, it up instead rather than just stuffing it in and i just have been stuffing mine yeah, in i've just stuffed mine most <laughs> of my life but i'm getting I'm getting a little bit more, um, a little pickier about it and trying to roll my sleeping bag whenever I use a stuff sack. I don't use a stuff sack very often with my sleeping bag, but rolling it will, will double the life of your sleeping bag versus stuffing it all the time. So that's something to consider. That's good to know. What about, uh, water filters? Yeah. So water filters, in some cases, depending on the filter, you may want to back flush it and just get all the junk and stuff out of the out of the filter if it's a filter that's back flushable um, like the MSR gravity filters and stuff you want to back flush those um, you can try to back flush the catadines but I don't um, they don't really talk too much about back flushing their gravity filters so um, but any of those filters that can be back flushed, you're going to want to back flush those and then let them dry completely before you storm. You don't want to storm wet or else they'll get moldy and mildewy and that'll de- destroy the filter pretty quickly. Um, Do you ever put a, a drop of Clorox or anything in the in your bags and or now jeans and yeah. stuff to clean? Yeah, I do. Um, if If... 
I've ever, yeah, any of my bladders, uh, water bottles, or even like on the gravity filters, um, I don't, I don't personally run Clorox through like the filter. Right. Um, I don't know that it's good or bad. I don't know if it would harm anything, but I would just rather keep the chemicals away from the actual filter part because I, I just don't want to damage it accidentally. But um, I do for the actual bags, I do fill them with water and put a few drops of Clorox bleach in there just to kind of sterilize everything and keep it from growing mold or anything and then dry them completely before I store it. Yeah. And um, on a lot of... I also hang all my bladders from uh, hangers. Yeah. Yeah. Ups- upside down. Yeah. I put a... Uh spatula in there a noodle spatula and it expands it it's not out. oh yeah so okay <laughs> i have gotten really creative with the things to put from shot glasses to <laughs> random silverware and stuff <laughs> yep. like to open those up and i think they sell bladder, right. th- they do. Th- bladder th- i don't know how much they cost but uh go into your kitchen and get creative like see what <laughs> yeah. you got like, yeah. yeah i do the same thing um hang it from something something that'll open it up just to let it dry properly once mine are dry then i just roll them up and throw them in a bucket somewhere but so far i'm doing pretty good on this gear i'm doing better than i thought i was going to on the gear maintenance <laughs> thing yeah um tents tents can you wash a tent sure yeah you totally. can but you're going to want to wash it with a gear appropriate soap as well and um you're also going to want to dry it completely and for your rain cover the rain dry cover, like in a dryer or hang it outside to dry? Either one. Really? Okay. Uh, you don't want to, when you dry it in a, in a actual dryer, you want to dry it on low heat um, or medium heat in some cases is okay, but you don't want it to get too hot because that polyester, nylon, whatever, you'll melt it. And you spend like five, six, seven thousand dollars on a, five, six, seven hundred or a thousand dollars on a Hilleberg. Right. Last thing you want to do is mess it up in the wash. Right. <laughs> Yeah, and you could you could melt that cell nylon if you if you dry it at too high of a heat. So, if you're in a climate that's just warm and sunny, set it up outside, let it get nice and warm outside, and um, dry it out that way. But um, but you can throw your stuff in a washer. Um, any of these things, for example, your sleeping bags, your tents, whatever, you're not going to want to put it in a top loading washer with an agitator, especially. Um, Ideally, not even a top load washer that doesn't have an agitator. With sleeping bags, the the baffles in the sleeping bags are usually made of a really, really thin mesh material that can tear easily if, um, and, and if you put it in a sleeping, in a top loader with an agitator, you'll just destroy your sleeping bag. Without the agitator, it'll probably be okay, but you still get kind of that twisting back and forth um, movement of the washer and a top loader it's more of like the that tumble movement and it's not as hard on the baffle so generally you're going to want to put that in a front loader um, or wash it by hand i think a lot of companies even suggest that you wash your sleeping bags by hand in a tub or you take it to a big commercial front loader so it's not not compressed too much or whatever a big one so um but then your tents same thing front loader um you want to be careful because i have actually tried to wash my tent an old tent in 
Uh, I forget if it was a top loader or front loader, but I had a um, webbing loop get caught on something and it got ripped off in a in a washing machine years and years ago. So you do want to be kind of careful about that and make sure that your washer is not going to, nothing's going to catch or whatever. Um, but yeah, you can just use gear, gear soap, Nick Wax or, what, or Granger's or whatever, and then... Um, dry it completely before you store it and ideally on your rain fly you're going to want to dry it with some low to medium heat in your dryer or on a hot day because that heat helps to revive the DWR coating on the rain fly so that it won't absorb water as, as much and um, stay drier that way. So when it comes to like storing your tent um, I was once told and I've always thought this is how you do it but I want your opinion as well. Um, to not fold your tent, roll it up and store it in the same way every time. Um, I was told that that creates weak points if you're folding it up and rolling your tent into the stuff sack. I was always told to just stuff it like a stuff sack because it's getting it's getting folded at a different crease every single time you stuff it, so it's creating no weak points. Is that true, false? Yeah, I've I've heard that too. And in fact, I had a a buddy of mine who had worked in outdoor shops for. Yeah, a cup. Well, a decade and a half, 15 years when I was 16 and forgot my first job, and he told me that. And so I, I've told hundreds of people that same thing. And then the more I've thought about it over the years, the more I've thought, mm, if you're folding your tent on the exact same creases every single time, like very meticulous from how it came when it was originally folded, you may run into that problem. Um, with my sleeping or my tents. I generally will, if it's my four-person tent, I'll fold the corners into the middle and then fold it in half, so I'm, I'm essentially folding it in quarters, and then roll it up. Um, but I look at my tent and I can't see any discernible creases because I'm not, I'm really not folding it on the exact same point every time. So I don't feel like, I personally don't think that's going to cause any weak points in that tent. Uh, but I do think it's something to be, to consider that if, for example, you got a new tent, you got it out of the box, and you've got these nice clean creases where it's been folded, and you're that folding doesn't it mean back like on every fold here time. again next time. Right. <laughs> okay. Right. Because yeah, then I think you could probably create weak points in the waterproof coatings of the floor of the tent, for example, or the rainfly. Um, that could be a place that wears out quicker. Awesome. So it's it's definitely set safe to stuff it. Yeah. Um, and you can, you can be safe folding it as well. Right. I, I go backpacking a lot and and I stuff my tent in there and people are always like, kind of give me that look like, do you care for your gear? <laughs> You're just shoving your tent in there. I'm like, well, they're meant to be thrown around. I sleep on the ground on this thing. You think shoving it in here is going to rip it, you know? Right. Um, so I wasn't sure if there was a right or wrong way. Yeah. I don't think there's anything wrong with stuffing it with a down sleeping bag the reason why I would encourage you not to stuff it so much is because stuffing and stuffing the sleeping bag in and pulling it out and stuffing it in and pulling it out what that does to the down over time is it twists up the down and instead of you having a fluffy plume it ends up becoming like a twisted string essentially okay. of down over time and so you lose a lot of your loft that way since you don't have that with this with the tent i doubt you're going to cause any problems and most tents don't have down in them <laughs> right yeah I mean, but it's most. something to most. consider most. i yeah. think for i'm just kidding <laughs> um but yeah so yeah that's a good question stoves 
Um, so most stoves. I don't do jack for my stove. Yeah, I don't either. Same. Especially, I got a pocket <laughs> rocket. I just put it in the little plastic thing. It, it was sold. It comes in, you know, and it just stays in the. Uh, then the other MSR, the reactor. Yeah. Do you do anything to that no. thing? No, jet I just, boils. Do anything jet boils? No, I don't. No? I right. just always make sure that when I store them, that they're dry. Yeah. I mean, that's the case for all gear. Make sure before you store it that it's dry. Um, but there is a lot more maintenance when it comes to uh, liquid fuel stoves, like white gas stoves or, mm. or stoves that are multi-fuel stoves, because you might have to clean the jets or some of the clean fuel lines and stuff like that. So there's a lot more maintenance there. Uh, I haven't used liquid fuel stoves in probably over a decade. Is that like pretty much only in high, super high elevations or super cold at night? Yeah, people who are doing big expeditions, um, Arctic expeditions, Himalayan expeditions and stuff, they might still Or just to look cool. Yeah. Because they're pretty bad, eh? Yeah, might still use liquid fuel stoves. On occasion, I I run into someone out in the backcountry who's, like, been backpacking for 60 years or something (laughs) like that, and they're using the same liquid fuel stove that they bought 30 years ago. I think that's way cool, by the way. Like, yeah, I I think there's one because it lasts that, that long. That's, that's yeah. really cool. I love seeing old guys using gear that's 25, 30 years old and it's still working well. I love that. Um, with that said, very few people still. Did you know Optimus that. was that old? Yeah. Optimus stoves that are now owned by the Catadine Group. Is that right? Yeah. Is uh, I don't know, a hundred years old. They make stoves forever. Yeah. yeah. They, and their stoves, in my opinion, I, I don't know of a company out there that makes a better stove. Really? Yeah, I love Optimus. I think they're they're overbuilt in all the all the right ways that um, they don't. I mean, they're not significantly heavier, if heavier at all, than the other brands of stoves. But they're, I feel, in many cases, overbuilt. They're really made to take a a beating and just keep on. It took me a minute the other day to find their Instagram account because it's not, it doesn't pop up. I don't know why very easily you search Optimus, you get some other stuff, but finally found it. And, uh, they do post from time to time. Like they get those images submitted from super old gear. They're old stoves being like still works in the field. This old, I'm like, man, that is cool stuff. Yeah. Way cool. Yeah. There's some cool companies like that. MSR, they make incredibly good quality gear that just lasts and everything but even when i compare like an msr stove to an old old optimus stove or even a new optimus stove to a new msr i don't know i just kind of feel like there's just maybe a slightly higher level of quality and and they're just slightly more overbuilt they're not heavier necessarily they they work very similarly performance wise um but they're just like feel like the build quality is just maybe a touch above msr which it usually is rare because usually msr is as good as it gets when it comes to build quality but yeah i really like optimus a lot um trying to think what other gear so apparel same thing if you're going to wash it wash it with gear soap dry it on a, a heat that's appropriate for the garment so if you've got a Gore-Tex jacket, you're not going to dry it on high or super high heat because you could melt the fabric, damage the garment that way. Um, so lower medium heat probably and look at the care instructions on your jackets or whatever else. But you do want to dry it in a 
in a dryer with some heat because that revives the DWR. You don't want to just hang it because hanging it and let it hang dry in a cool climate, um, the DWR is not going to work as well. Do you ever wash your backpacks? Uh, I do if I get some something sticky or, or whatever mm-hmm. on it, but I'm kind of, yeah, I, I should probably more than I do, but I, I don't generally. Trekking poles? I wash those every hundred miles. Your trekking poles? <laughs> Just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I um I did actually wash my trekking poles this after this last trip because the straps on them were so full of like sweat and gunk and dirt <laughs> and everything. Salt. That, yeah. That they were so and actually I borrowed a pair of poles that I hadn't used before um, from my father in law, a pair of lakey poles that I really liked. And I actually washed his because his straps and handles were nasty <laughs> um, because he had been using them for hundreds and hundreds of miles on hot days and everything. And then I did and they were just gross. So I got home and I washed those and, and made sure those were clean. And that was more of just like a hygiene thing for myself. Um, you know what? We could do this whole episode on winter gear. I didn't think about uh, that. We should mention this is all summer backpacking gear, but skis and snowboards. I mean, all the wind, all that stuff is a whole different. Even more maintenance goes into that stuff. Yeah, that's a good point. So yeah, Um, any other summer gear? Footwear. Chacos. Wash those. Same thing. Chacos. uh, Chase taught me the uh, dish dishwasher soap. The fabric softener. Fabric softener. Yeah. I thought you said dish soap. No, I use dish that. soap, it'll work like a champ. <laughs> well, that works too, I guess. <laughs> I, I use, yeah, put a little dish soap on the straps. Oh, I didn't use fabric softener. And it loosens Liquid it right fabric up, softener? Huh? Okay. Well, dish soap worked. <laughs> I couldn't believe the amount of dirt that came out. Oh, yeah. 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 I was looking at mine last night coming home from Yellowstone. Like, well, they're getting a little afraid. I should probably take better care of these things. So I need to do that to mine. But nice. Um, other footwear, so leather boots we could probably do 20 minutes on the proper care of leather boots so uh read the instructions <laughs> on, that, <laughs> on that one um and we can talk about it on another episode but we're kind of running low on time on this one so um but yeah, yeah you should use leather conditioner um and let proper leather like waterproofing and stuff like that for boots that have leather interior which are super nice, but they require some special maintenance too. So just, um, nice, like wearing nice socks, <laughs> wearing <laughs> nice socks, uh, drying out the, the leather when you, when you're done hiking on it, your feet have been sweating and stuff, just wipe them dry and stuff and let them, instead of letting them sit and, and dry with the moisture on them. Um, and you can condition the leather on the inside of the boot too, which is probably encouraged. Um, but most most boots these days don't have leather on the interior just some of the like the nicest european boots still do a little bit um but anyway and then uh yeah i think that's that uh, that covers the majority the basics i mean there's there's electronics and Uh, all kinds of stuff but yeah that's that's the basic stuff that we use that I'm not, you know, people have the most questions on. Sleeping bags, tents, water filters, stoves, pads. Yeah. So. One thing to, to mention is Gore-Tex years ago used to have a an oleophobic layer, which essentially is um, oleophobic means that 
it resists oil. They had an uh, oleophobic layer in the middle of their Gore-Tex to help protect the Gore-Tex membrane from body oils. And in that old Gore-Tex, um, you didn't really need to wash the Gore-Tex jacket as much because there was that layer that helped sort of protect the membrane. And um, they've taken that oleophobic layer out of the Gore-Tex that they use now. And that's increased the breathability of the Gore-Tex significantly. But now in order to maintain the breathability of that Gore-Tex, you need to wash it a lot more often. Mm. And so now they really strongly suggest that you're washing, if you're wearing your Gore-Tex regularly, you're washing it regularly as well. So anytime, you know, anytime you're sweating a lot in that Gore-Tex, uh, probably every three or four outings, you, you should be washing it as that's well. A lot. When you start to notice that the breathability seems to be going down, you want to wash it. And so you want to wash it with proper soap again, and you want to dry it lower medium heat to revive the DWR. But to keep the performance of that Gore-Tex high, you need to wash it regularly now. That didn't used to be the case. In mm. fact, a lot of people back in the day, they didn't want to wash their Gore-Tex. Like they were afraid to wash oh, their no, Gore-Tex. Oh, no, not even back in the day. People are still like that. And like, that, I'm yeah, not washing right. my jacket. Right. Yeah. They think that it's going to damage it or whatever. But in reality, if you want it to keep performing, you need to wash it more than you think. Okay. Hmm. Not less. So. Good to know. Cool. Good All right. stuff. Well, that's uh, that's the episode for today. Maintenance. Yep. Thanks for uh, th- thanks for listening. And check out gear30.com to follow our our fellow employee, Bryden, as he hikes the CDT. Um, and also to see the gear gear deals of the week and um, see some of the unique gear that Gear 30 can offer you, like Hilleberg tents, Western Mountaineering sleeping bags, and, and some other cool brands. Um, uh, that's Gear 30 spelled out, G-E-A-R-T-H-I-R-T-Y.com. And then also follow us on Instagram at gear underscore three zero and like us on Facebook. That's that it. it. Yeah. yeah. Alrighty. Thanks for listening. We'll check. We'll uh, check you next time. Check you. We'll <laughs> check, check you next time. We'll check you out next time. <laughs> <laughs> That's all right. uh, we'll talk to you next time. See you out there.